What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Russ, I'll tell you what, man, this this conversation today is unbelievable. To have, to have a guy like Daniel SB back for the third time who just started in the e-commerce space three years ago to now have a business that is worth almost eight figures. Like that is crazy talk. Like almost, uh, you tell me something crazier than that. <laughs> something crazier than that. Well, that's super cool. I, I'm going to take us off topic as I normally do. It's been a while since I've given you one of my useful stories, right? If you, if you're new to the podcast, I grew up, complete redneck my my dad you know it, there's a, a limitless stories of craziness that i experienced as a kid but here's one stallion when i was a kid uh, and I, I don't know about 16 17 years old my dad says hey we're gonna go pick up an rv and i'm thinking oh that's pretty cool like i'm thinking cousin eddie right i'm thinking yes like, there's an opportunity eddie. for me to go some fun places we're gonna take this thing cross country and we go in the country, not cross country. We go in the country <laughs> and there sits this like tenement on wheels. You know how like Eddie on vacation, <laughs> Christmas vacation, he pulls in and things like tenement on in, wheels. kicking off like backfired smoke and everything. That's what this thing looked like, except it couldn't run if it wanted to. It'd been sitting <laughs> in these pine trees for years. I mean, years. And I'm like, what are we going to do with this thing? Is We're going to take it to the hunting camp. And I'm like, for sure. what? Like to shoot at? What are we going to do with it? He's like, no, this is where we're going to stay. We're going to spend the night in this thing. And I'm like, oh, great. That's amazing. I mean, what sort of rat is going to be chewing at me at nighttime? And so I'm like, all right, well, are you driving? He goes, oh, it doesn't drive. No, I'm going to tow you. Now, my dad oh, had a, no. like a, a Silverado, like a, just a regular Silverado. And he pulls out a, like an eight-foot chain hooks it up to the front bumper into the his back bumper and says, jump in. Now, Joey, <gasps> jump in his never, truck? Yeah, he, he's pulling it with his little Silverado, this humongous RV. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, well, but you're in the truck to, like, with him or you're in the RV? Tires. I'm surprised the tires weren't already dry-rotted out. I was a little bit nervous we were going to blow a tire. What would you say? I'm sorry. But you were in the truck or you are in the RV? No. I'm behind the wheel. It, my dad's like – get in like you think i drive uh, you, you know how i drive the conversation i'm nothing to where my dad was that joker was like go do this i get behind the wheel of this thing if you've never been towed by a chain you haven't really lived on the edge yet like, you just don't know the fear that goes through your mind when you realize you are the brakes because if the oh, car in yeah. front of you stops you're in their back uh back seat like it, you don't have there is no time to stop and you don't have power anything. You don't have power steering. You don't have power brakes. Everything is like a battle. You're in like a wrestling match with this, you know, 
8,000 pound gorilla, you know, and you're just hoping to hold on to this thing. So we're, we're, we're flying down country roads. I mean, my dad is not like putt putting at 25 with caution lights on. That's not no. happening. It is 65 full throttle. And I'm just like praying nobody pulls out in front of him because if they do, he can't stop. I got to, and we're just not going to say, we're about 20 miles into this, you know, 40, 50 mile trip. And all of a sudden, Joey, these stinking wasps start piling. I mean, just one after another coming out of the air vents. Right. <laughs> and I am freaking out like anybody would freak out, but I oh also am my. allergic. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like hitting the brakes as much as I can and kind of jerking the car. And does the and horn work at this point? Aggravated. What does the horn work? Oh, no, there's nothing that works, man. The only thing that works is the, trying to hit the brakes. So it's like jerking on him a little bit. And and finally, I'm like starting to pull the thing to the side of the road. So he he pulls over. I come flying out of that thing just like Tommy Boy. You know, like you remember they, they ran out in the middle of the cornfield pretending they, they had bees. Like, I am just, I mean, just on edge. And my dad's like, what's going on? I'm like, this thing's got wasp in there, man. And he's like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. Like, no big deal. He's smoking, mar you know, smoking bits in the heads of his menthols in a truck while I'm sitting back there sweating bullets and then about to just go berserk as these things come out. He's like, ah, no problem. I'm like, what? He goes to his toolbox. He opens his toolbox. What do you think he's going to get out of there? I don't know. Some, I don't know, like a wrench or something. <laughs> Well, most people would have said like some wasp spray or something. Like that. He's, gonna get or something. Some, he's gonna get a wasp spray out of there. This yeah. is the solution. He's gonna get some wasp spray. Well, he didn't have a can of wasp spray, but any good redneck would have a can of starter fluid because you know your anytime <laughs> your car might shut off. And this is back in the days where everything had carburetors, right? You lift up the hood, you take the yeah. air filter off, spray it in there. That's how you get that thing to start. Oh, you got a can of starter fluid. He's like, here you go. I'm like, what am I gonna do with that? He's like, yeah, spray it on him. It'll kill him. It's like gasoline. Now, <laughs> picture me behind the wheel of this eight eight thousand pound gorilla being towed like I'm literally sitting in his back seat, and I'm shooting wasp with starter fluid. Uh -uh. This thing's full of gas fumes. I'm just like high as a kite, like flying, like just like. <laughs> so yeah, what's crazier than a guy starting a business from scratch and three years ago and almost willing to sell it for uh, eight figures? It's probably uh, a 16-year-old kid behind the wheel uh, with starter fluid trying to kill wasps coming out of the dashboard. Oh, my gosh. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you on this one, Russ. That is crazier. I, I, I give it to you 100%. <laughs> All right, buddy. I know that that's not the conversation that, um, that we're here for, but if anybody needed a good laugh – Hopefully that helped you on, on, on the trip. This is going to be a long uh, round table, but it's a good one if you're interested in e-commerce. Otherwise, get to the next episode. We appreciate you. As always, Joey, sit down. Let's uh, move up to the table and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, 
Russ Morgan, and Joey Murray. Welcome to the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them, and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. They call me Russ Morgan, the idea guy. Mostly because lack of faulted guy just didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my partner, my co-host. He's the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joey Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Man, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm hanging in there like a like a hangnail. <laughs> I was worried about what was going to come after the like a. Uh, but, so <laughs> I, I kind of changed mid-sentence. You know, I thought maybe I, I, I'd get in there something simple, easy, kid-friendly. Now, I, I don't know what hangnails have to do with e-commerce as a passive income option, uh, but... I'm sure you could find you could buy almost anything on Amazon, so I, I won't count it out. Hey, there's definitely an opportunity. Only thing I've learned from this is that you need it to be between thirty dollars and a hundred dollars. I'm not certain we can figure out. You know that most of the tools are way cheaper than that, but there's a way mm. probably to combine a couple things, Stallion. That's right. That's right. Well, why do you think it's important for us to be covering this topic today? And e-commerce is absolutely here to stay. It's a wave that we can't stop. And I think anybody who is anybody in the investment space is thinking, how can I get my piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. How can I possibly do this? But how can I also keep it as passive as possible? Um, not everybody can just create their own side hustle or their own business where they have to, because they already have a business. So I think it's important for us to break this down today for that reason. A hundred percent. All right. Well, thankfully, we've got the dream team here, right? And when I mean dream team, I'm talking about the man. we got a doctor in the house, Stallion. Can you believe it? He's a doctor of financial medicine. And yes, Come on, he, doctor. And yes, he can resuscitate your financial situation. Mr. Automated Budget himself, Eric Husson. Great to have you on, Eric. Man, Russ, so excited to be here. Holy smokes. What a great day to be alive. We're trying to break down e-commerce as a passive income stream. Why is this important? Well, I think like so many of us, we find ourselves to be very uh, adept Amazon experts on the consumer side. Right, right. Because there's an Amazon box showing up at my house, I'm telling you, about every day. Yep. And so it begs the question, if you're entrepreneurial at all, how can I become part of that? And so many people listen to this podcast right now, they're wanting to get out of that W-2 job. And holy smokes, there is a business out there where the customers are already beating down your door. Man, what a great time to get in on that. Well, and you're in the process of trying to get in on it, right? I mean, aren't you doing some training here? Yeah, I, I absolutely am 100%. I'm involved in it, and I become more and more excited about it uh, the more I learn. Right. Well, we speaking of learning, we got a special guest today. He's actually a third timer. This is his third time coming on the podcast, Stallion. He's a former full time pastor, now full time entrepreneur, part time pastor, but he's definitely going to be preaching to the choir on why we need to better understand e commerce space. Move over, Pastor Phil. Yes, Joey, that's another movie reverence. Let's bring in Pastor Daniel. Welcome, Daniel Espy. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to be here for the for the third time. Hopefully, I can set a record and uh, you know be, be the number one all time podcast guest just by number of appearances uh, here and into the future. That's my that's what life goals. Didn't know I had it until just now. Hey, the fact that you and I went to the same university, fast friends, and that has nothing to do with you coming back. It's always that you add so much value, including the best backdrop to date. That's right. That's right. It makes it it makes this face uh, much easier to look at when you got the, uh, the way the waves and the water look at behind me. Man, if you share that backdrop with Joey, if that's the case, that'd be amazing. Um, we'll have to get those tips after the fact. <laughs> but let's let's break down e-commerce as a passive income stream. And I want you, as someone who's doing this at a very high level, if you haven't already heard one of the previous two podcasts that Daniel's done, you need to go back and listen to those because he's helped us break down his specific operation, why he got into it, what he's learned around that time. But Daniel, why do you think it's so important for us to be breaking down e-commerce as a passive income stream? It's an awesome opportunity. I mean, the opportunity is there to get away from your job, to uh, to work from home. And I, I say it this way. It's very simple. It's very crass. If you want to be able to do what you want, when you want, and how you want, then you've got to figure out something that provides you that laptop lifestyle opportunity. And I don't know anything better than the laptop laptop lifestyle opportunity than do an e-commerce where you can run everything from your laptop anywhere in the world hmm. and uh, check in and then uh, move on. I mean, often we have, because we live near Disney, we go to Disney a lot. Every time we go, we issue the Disney versus Bezos challenge. And the question is, can Walt take out more money from my pocket than Bezos puts into it every single time that we go? And so far, Bezos has won every single time. And we go a lot. Oh my goodness. So you awesome. can actually make more money in a day spending. And I know it, it ain't cheap. Disney. I got, I got four kids when I go to Disney. Oh my goodness, dude. That's, that's mic drop moment right there, Stallion. I don't know what you got behind that, but challenge accepted. Right. I love it. All right. Let's, let's break this down. I want, I want to kind of for, the purpose of keeping this conversation um, going down the road, let's let's make it uh, where we, we break it down three areas. What do I need to know in order to get into this business? All right. What does it take to run and operate this business? And thirdly, what do I need to do in order to make a profit? How can I, in essence, go spend money in a day at somewhere as nice as Disney, which is super expensive, and have more money coming in that's going out? That's important to me. So, Stallion, I'm going to let you lob the first question at our, our special guest here, because I'm, I'm going to guess that just between the four of us, he's got the most experience. <laughs> I, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, it pains me because my only experience is in the drop shipping world. But I know you've made uh, your mark in the Amazon world. What other sorts of e-commerce businesses exist? Like when you look at the whole gamut that is out there, what are all those areas that people could get involved with? And then why Amazon for you? Well, I mean, you can do your own website, right? You can try to set, get a product, sell it on your own website. We call that DTC, direct to consumer. You can try that. Um, you're going to pay a lot in Google ads to get that done. You can try eBay. You can try some of the other e-commerce channels like that. But at the at the end of the day, 
What I love about Amazon is one private label seller, I can create my own products and it's right there. Amazon gives me brand protection. I can, I can get my product on there. I can craft it the way I want it to be. I have a lot of control over that. But the other thing that I love about Amazon is buyer intent. When people go to Amazon, they are not going to search. They are going to buy. So therefore, when you have high buyer intent and Amazon just feeds the customers right to you, man, there, there's no better place to be. From a, from your standpoint, like the dropship world, right? I've been telling Joey forever, 100 unicorns needs to be shot and put out. You know, just <laughs> some people would say put out the past. I'm like, no, let's let's put them out, out of commission 100%. Is it because he's a poor operator? Or is it because drop shipping is not the way to go? Well, I've talked to Joey a little bit about his drop shipping business. And what he's actually doing is the legitimate form of drop shipping, okay? Where where there is a product somewhere else that's not Walmart. And, exactly. and someone orders that product and he sends it to them. What you see on most of these YouTube channels is highly against Amazon terms of service. And somebody will charge you $30,000. They said they'll set it all up for you. It'll just be automatic going on your card. Well, it takes Amazon about three or four weeks to figure out that you are buying stuff off Walmart and sending it to their customers. And then you find out really fast that that $50,000 credit card bill you've just rung up, Amazon's now frozen all those assets and you're about 80 grand in debt and Amazon has shut your store down. So uh, that's why you shouldn't listen to the drop, shop, drop shipping gurus on, uh, on Amazon. That, that gives me the sweats, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Daniel, if you noticed, Joey, he raised both arms when you yeah. gave him just the smallest bit of validation. Um, yeah. He's looking, he's looking for, for anything. No, but again, just because I said it was legitimate drop shipping, I did not say it was any good. Okay. 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 Sorry, uh, Joey. I shouldn't have dug any deeper. Yeah. Why? We could have left it at the, the success there, Eric. I, That's on me. That's clearly on me. So, I, you know, Daniel said something in the beginning that this is a passive income podcast. I mean, we talk about passive income a lot. And I've seen, you know, some news articles recently about there's no such thing as passive income. Well, if you talk about something that's completely passive where I don't do anything, then yeah, I think that's completely true. Daniel used a term called laptop lifestyle. Let's dig into that just a little bit because I think that's critically important. Um, we say passive, but sometimes I think maybe we mean a little bit more of that laptop lifestyle. Could you dig into that? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely not a, a passive thing where I don't have to do anything, right? It is, I mean, it's a good solid 20, 25 hours a week. I mean, people people ask me all the time, Daniel, how much time do you really spend on this? And the, the question is, well, how much money do I want to make, right? Because there is a sense to where if I didn't want this to grow, I could put in 10 hours a week to this business and it, I would make still make good money do all pretty much all things I want to do, but I don't want to sit there. I have a goal that I want to sell this thing in the next 12 months and kind of take the rocket ship ride and, and get out of it. Um, but so if I'm going to grow it, I got to put work into it because nothing grows without growth. 
But what it does provide is the ultimate flexibility, right? That I put in two hours in the morning, then I can get up and make breakfast with my family. Then I can do homeschool my four kids. Then I can come back at it for a couple of hours, go work out and do everything. And across four or five hours, whenever I want to do my schedule, I get to put in that time. Or if I want to go travel for a week, I can go travel. I can check in for 30 minutes to an hour in the morning and go on and, and go on and do what I want to. So it's not passive, but I don't know of anything that will give you more flexibility of when you work and how you work, how much you want to work than this right here. Is that because there's not like employees that you're managing? Like, do you, do you have like a warehouse where everything is stored that you're having to check in with like a warehouse manager and make sure everybody showed up that day and they delivered the products? And when anytime the refunds come back, are you having to get on the internet and respond back to all those messages? What does that look like? You know, I probably respond to three to five customers a week, um, which might take 30 minutes of my week. I have regular communication with my supplier about timelines, about orders. Um, we communicate by several emails every day. I communicate with my accountant. Um, but besides that, you know, there, there's not really a lot of communication that goes on from that store. I check into my advertising console to make sure that's going well. But Amazon stores and distributes all of my product. So there's not a lot of communication that has to go on. I've just hired my first part-time person uh, to work 20, 25 hours a week to really kind of become the operator for me. But um, that wasn't really necessary until I just got to doing these incredible volumes that I'm doing. And it's more just a free, free up more time to spend more time with my wife and kids. So let, let me jump in for a second then if it's okay. I love this idea. So of getting into the Amazon space. And, but I, I'm thinking about the passivity function. How do we make this as passive as possible? So is it, in your opinion, doable for someone to just buy an existing Amazon business? Or would you always recommend that they build it from scratch like you have? Ooh. Is it doable? Yes. But I mean, there are some incredibly, incredibly valuable dumb tax that has been paid along the way <laughs> that I don't want to pay that big of a bill if I'm buying something, you know, like, like you, you can buy it, but it's like, ah, man, mm, you're just going to pay your dumb tax any way you want to do it. And, and if you've got the ability to buy a business, again, you could hire someone like myself or other somebody in the space to help you figure it out and to consult and answer questions along the way. If you did that, then yes, you could buy a business because, because we could help you. But just to buy a business and to try to figure out the Amazon ecosystem, because Amazon changes things all the time. And you mess up, they are merciless when it comes to shutting down people's accounts. I mean, so you've got to really obey the rules and do exactly what they want you to do. And if not, it, it's, it's just not worth the risk. Um, but building it from scratch is a totally different thing. Trying to find the product, identify the product, that brings its own set of challenges. Yeah, Daniel, um, I'm, two things. I want to jump in and ask two questions. First of all, personally know everybody on this call and they're um, 
I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint the listening audience. There are no rocket scientists on this call, uh, on this podcast today. <laughs> so number my one, number one question is, do you think it's important to have just a super strong tech background to be able to pull this off? And then I'm going to go ahead and get the big question out of the way. What in what product do I sell? I mean, how in the world do I determine what product I want to sell? So take those in whatever order makes sense to you. All right. Yeah, the tech, the tech background is really simple. I have a bachelor's degree in dirt from Auburn University with my life <laughs> goal and plan to be a golf course superintendent. And I have a master's degree, master's of divinity from seminary uh, because I was a missionary and church planning pastor um, uh, at in a previous life, I guess. So uh, I had never even used a spreadsheet in my life before I got into this business. So you need no tech background whatsoever. Of course, that would be helpful, um, but it's just not necessary. I would say the number two things you need to be in this business. Number one is grit. Mm. Um, you've just got mm. to be able to keep going. And number two, you've got to be a problem solver. I tell everybody, if you are going to get into this, try attempt this, you need to go watch The Martian first with Matt Damon, um, because this is selling on Amazon, because everything goes wrong at some point in time, and you just have to figure it out. And so what's the next thing that you have to figure it out? Is it something you can do on your own, or do you have to get someone to help you figure out this next piece? But there's always a next piece to figure it out. It's just, are you a problem solver? If if you are a professional problem solver, you will love Amazon because it is super rewarding because you get to solve problems on a daily basis. Nice. Um, so th that's what I would say about the technology side. And then how do you figure out what to sell? Well, this is, uh, of course, the great challenge because there's there's two criteria. Do you, do you guys know what the two criteria is? For selling on Amazon, if you if you want to make money, no, no. All I, right. know, I know one of them could be knowing my address because we purchase pretty much anything is put <laughs> put out there. But. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you, you want to pick products that are in high demand and have high profit margin, right? I want to sell something that has great margin and everybody wants it all the time, every day, evergreen products year round. So easy. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, th that's where you want to start. But I will tell you, based on the research that my group has done, only about 6% of products on Amazon would meet our criteria for being high demand and high profit. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, 6%. Well, you know, when you've got almost a billion SKUs, uh, that, it still means there's a lot of products out there <laughs> that, are, that meet that. But you've really got to look to those those two things. Mm. Stallion, do you know what SKU stand for? Man, who doesn't? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I, everybody knows it's a stock stock keeping unit, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just wanted to show the expertise that you possess, man. I know that you've been learning something in this 100 unicorn. You didn't learn how to make a profit. That's going to be the third point that you won't be able to chime in on that. So, <laughs> but point number one, I think you did uh, we, we, we've hit that pretty good is what does it take? We beat that unicorn to death, huh? Yeah. What, what do I need to know to get into this business? And what you really define there, Daniel, which is really well, is that this is a business. You need to learn how to become an entrepreneur. And there's a lot of great books on what that looks like. The e right? The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. 
It, Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix, has a, a great saying when he talks about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. He says it's like um, going off a cliff and trying to build an airplane on the way down. Right. I mean, it, it is really what we're trying to do is we're, we're built in order to be an entrepreneur, you're constantly solving problems and you have to be willing to take that risk and to do it. And it's really cool, though, to hear like someone like yourself who didn't have necessarily that bent have had that success. And grit seems to be a very common denominator in people who have success. When you're looking to be an entrepreneur, do you have grit? If so, maybe, maybe this could be one of those things. Can I, can I jump in before you keep going, Russ? Yeah. I'm curious, as Eric, you've been going through some of this training and in hearing what Daniel's saying as far as what it takes to be successful, how does that land with you and uh, in terms of what you're learning? Yeah, so luckily I, I decided to, pay the it was a stupid tax you called it daniel D dumb tax yes dumb tax on the front end rather than the back end because now joey and thanks for the question now that i'm involved in the training my mind is blown as to how many mistakes i would have made and how short-lived my business would have been so it it's definitely going to take grit to get through the process because <sighs> You have to begin with the end in mind. I mean, think think of that. Don't matter what business you're thinking of starting or what road you're planning on going down. If you begin with the end in mind and prepare a good foundation, it gives you options later to uh, do whatever you want to with the business, to keep it, to sell it, to um, expand it, all kinds of things. But um, I think that's what I'm learning as much as anything, Joey, is that if you want to do anything you've never done before, pay the dumb tax up front and get somebody to teach you rather than learning it the hard way. That for me is probably the biggest thing I've pulled out of this. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. It's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system. Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared, though, for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. So cool. By the way, Joey, how much money did you spend before you bought the drop shipping company on how to run it? Just ballpark. On actually how to do drop shipping? Yeah, just how to run an e-commerce business in general. Ballpark, like around 0%, 0, .0. <laughs> Okay, good. I just want to, you know, sometimes people are like, man, Joey is a smart fella. He's a valedictorian of his high school class. This guy has built ridiculous amounts of passive income and somehow is, uh, takes crap off rust without even like flinching. 
But how in the world, if if he can't make money in this e-commerce world, I shouldn't try. But I think there is a point in that that he that there there's a something to be learned before we go out and and jump off the cliff. All right, let's get to point number two. What does it take to run and operate an e-commerce business? Daniel, what would be the first thing that you think of that's needed for someone to run and operate this business? A laptop. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. As far as the tools. Very yeah. You have to have a laptop. And does, it, take- does it have to be a Mac? Because if it has to be a Mac, I'm out. I will tell you, as someone who one year ago, almost to the day, who just who made the switch from Windows PC to Mac, yes, it it has been life changing. Uh, it is it yes, it is just like my my conversion to Christianity. The moment I walk into the light, I will never <laughs> walk back. Uh, so um, oh, it's a it's a it it's a beautiful thing. Um, so you know, again, what what does it take to run and operate? Gosh, again, I would I would go back to again. I, grit is going to be that big thing that you've just got to be able to see the critical path and just keep pushing through on and on. Just because you've got to know there's going to be a problem. Every mountain you climb, there's going to be a another mountain to climb along the way. So you've just got to get going. I mean, from a from a practical perspective, you're going to have to clear out 15 to 20 hours in your week to be able to put to this. And it doesn't, it does not all the time, right? But it comes in fits and starts where you got to press it hard and then not press it, you know, and then take back. And then you've got to have access to capital. At some point, okay. you, you, you got to have capital to be able to do this. That was my, my next question is like, from an operational standpoint, is it, working primarily off of like a line of credit or um, using your infinite banking system primarily? Like, how does it practically look from a, a cash flow capital requirement? So like when we start off, we tell we tell people, hey, you're going to do a test order, right? And that test order can be anywhere from, for most people, it's two to $10,000. Okay. So we test it. We get it in the market. We see that it's sold. We see, okay, it worked or it didn't work. Everybody like wants their their first thing to take off gangbusters. But, you know, the point of the test is sometimes you realize this is not the thing. Aren't you glad you didn't go dump 50 grand on this one thing? But, okay, you you may have lost a few hundred bucks because you're going to make back most of your money. Uh, But it didn't work, but that's good. So you got to have that two to $10,000 for your initial test. But then when it comes, once you like, once you've tested it, then you're then it's time for launch. Man, that that launch can be all over the place, right? If you've got something that sells for $30 and it only costs you a $5 cost of goods and you've only got one variation of it, man, you can launch this thing for $10,000. If you're like me and you're going all in and going for it, I mean your launch is going to be six figures. And it th- that's the beautiful thing about e-commerce is that there's a an incredibly wide variety, but um, it, it can be as expensive as you want to make it. I always say this, you need to be have access to $50,000 if you really want to make a solid run at this. And whether you need that up front, like no, but can you get access at least to $50,000? Because one, one more thing I would say, I think the biggest misconception about this business because it's an inventory-based business, 
is that people always ask, well, how soon will the money start coming in? And I'm like, well, you're asking the wrong questions because when you start selling inventory and you haven't have product made, you're, you're placing orders three to four months in advance because your factory is going to need 60 to 90 days to make this product. Then it's going to take 30 to 40 days on the water to get it over here. So like my, for example, it's a five month lead time. So when I'm putting out money, I put out money on day one, it's five months before it even begins to sell. And it goes, it sells in about two months. So it's seven months before I've recovered all of that capital. Wow. So, so good. So does that mean it's seven months before you know it's working? No, no. Cause you, you immediately see once it goes on. So, you know, again, okay. it goes on online and for me, like it's, it starts to sell. Right. Um, so for the average person, when we first do our test, it takes about a month to get all the data. Um, to go, yes, this is a good product we want to pursue, or that, or no, we're not, we're we're not going to pursue this. But, but, but as you grow, you know, you're always putting more money toward capital. So right now, I, I basically, you see the waves behind me. I'm basically standing just in front of the wave, right, and the inventory wave is just always right over top of me, and I'm running because when when you get a product that goes in Amazon system like it goes right like you know i'm a i'm gonna do seven easy you know i'm gonna do close to eight figures this year i may hit eight figures this year in 2023 alone um on amazon but i'll say this but in the last five months my sales velocity my my total revenue per month has more than doubled i'm currently selling more now than i was in q4 Wow. When you get to the Amazon stream and it likes what you're doing, it is just going to keep pumping your stuff to more and more customers. So if you're doing it to like, I want to replace this income now in my pocket, this is, this is, you can, you can strategize it that way, but you can't have maximum growth that way. If that makes sense. Because, it, it a because you're constantly always pumping it right back in into more and more inventory. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go. So, again, you, you just think two strategies, right? Like if, if you're like, hey, I need the money. I need to put money in my pocket. We could strategize it in a way to where you could pull off five to 10 grand a month to put it in your pocket. But you're going to limit growth for like the big rocket ship, right? Right. We're like right now. I'm going for the big rocket ship, right? It's all going back into inventory. I'm just expanding, expanding, expanding. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing because I want to get it to where somebody just wants to buy it and take it off my hands. And I take one big check instead of a bunch of small checks along the way. Oh, Daniel, I assume you don't speak um, Hindi or Mandarin and you said the stuff was coming across the water. Was there a challenge? Is it a challenge sourcing products, finding the right factory to make your product? I, I mean, of course, there's always a challenge with finding products, finding good suppliers. Um, you know, I know in our world today, we like to pit ourselves against the Chinese in this big war. I will tell you, man, my suppliers are wonderful. They are mm. outstanding. They have looked out for me. They have they have been incredible business partners to work with. Um, they speak really proficient English. 
so I don't have to translate anything or do anything. Um, and uh, and even out of India, I mean, so many people out of India speak English, so that it's it's a it's a pretty easy uh, pretty easy conversation. Right. So cool. So Russ, can we do a real quick breakdown here? Like one of the key things you just said was about the the time frame it takes to start to see if your product has really hit it or not. Well, how do you how would you compare contrast that to other passive income ideas that we've shared either on the show or personally? Like I'm trying to I'm trying to break that down in my head. I'm sure someone else is is listening, thinking the same thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, Daniel, you said 10 to 15 hours in a minimum, but now you're spending 20 to 25, which I think, wow. I mean, one, two points of view there. I'm working a full-time job and depends on what my full-time job looks like. Full-time job for some people is they show up at 8.30 or 9 and they leave at 4 to 5 o'clock. And there is no more, there's no thought before work, before I get there, there's no thought after but that represents probably a fraction of the people listening to this podcast right now. Everyone else, whether it's self-employed or uh, running their own company, they they think about business when they wake up and they're thinking about it when they end the day. And so the, the thought process of how do I find time to do this really is challenging. And the idea of working 20 to 25 hours in any business and that's full time, like, Okay, great. Show show me the pathway there. But the first question is, how do I get that 10 to 15 to hours to be able to get to that point so I can quit my existing role? Right. So there's there's a, a challenge in my head. But as you compare Joey to other things, I mean, in the land flipping world, that's what we've heard so many of our podcast guests, Sid Christensen, Adam Egloff, Don Perez, all of them talking about how many hours they were putting into their businesses. Or, you, you know, we had Ryan Bly on recently talking about Turo. And I, I think that's very similar, right? A L- lot of effort put in on the front end, but 10 to 20 hours seems about right unless you're just, you're buying a franchise. And then you got to show up at the franchise when it opens, you're going to be there all day. And when it closes, a, a typical business that requires a lots of team members. So what I like about this is that there's not really any team members that you're necessarily in charge of right off the gate other than yourself, which for me, that'd be a big challenge. It's always been a big challenge, but I, I like that part. What do you, what do you think, Eric? Is this, it, obviously you've had a chance to think about this. You've seen lots of other business models. Do you concur with that or do you have different viewpoint? Yeah, the, definitely. There's always a ramp up time starting any business, even when we start our IBC policies in the beginning, you know, it it takes some time. You're starting that new business to get that income flowing. To me, um, this business actually seems like it probably ramps up a little faster than most any business you could start, um, quite honestly. Yeah. If if you get the proper training on the front end for sure, and you're not you know doing a lot of dumb things in the beginning, which is really critical, you know the right next thing process we have is a process that tries to help people avoid missteps along the way. If you go really far down the wrong road, then it, you've got to come all the way back sometimes, and that can really take time, money, effort, resources. And so I I really like the thought of trying to learn from everybody I can, even if I'm not buying a course, if I'm getting involved in a community with other like-minded people and I'm, you know, we're learning from each other. I think it's um, Acts 4.13 where Peter and John are teaching 
and the elders are going, wait, wait, wait. The, these guys, we know them. They're not learned men. How are they doing this? And then it dawns on them. They go, oh, they've been with Jesus. Mm. So they've been rubbing some shoulders with somebody who leveled them up. And I think that's what we're all trying to do today here is this same thing. Who's Jesus in this situation? <laughs> I mean, I can't point him out in this group for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. all, right, all right. Cool. I just want to make sure, you know, um, who's Peter? <laughs> okay. Let's move on to point number three, which is, by the way, first first point is, you know, what do I need to know to get into this business? What is it? Number two, what does it take to run an operated business? Let's talk about how do I scale this thing? How do I uh, make this business profitable, Daniel? Well, I mean, again, it, there's so many things that go into this. Um, again, high demand products, highly profitable products, but you've got to find, I, I'll say two things for people who, who are who are thinking about this. One, you've got to find your point of differentiation, right? You've got to be able to look at a product and go, okay, what will people pay more money for? What, 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 what gives them value, premium value? And if you can do that, you're you are definitely well on your way uh, to making money in the Amazon space. The other thing is in looking at Amazon, and you'd have a really hard time doing this on your own. It takes a a, sharp, a keen eye to do this, and this comes from experience. Is where is the price point to where nobody else is selling on Amazon? Because everybody think talks about saturation, right? So if you went in and went and looked at like solar. Um, solar flashlight. I'm just going to make something up on Amazon, right? You would probably go see that they almost all look the same, right? That they're just going to be almost all the same thing. But um, that is what this what we would call saturation. But if you see a bunch of different things, then that's competition, and we want competition. Um, just for example, I was uh, coaching uh, somebody the other day, and we were looking at this these products. And it was really funny is that everybody was selling at uh, $50 and a couple of people were selling at $100. We could not find one single person on all of Amazon selling at $75. And it was like, all right, so we're going to go craft a product that gives premium value that sells for $75 because no one is even in this price point. And then we looked at nobody was trying to sell at 125. So what other things of value could we add to make something to sell for 125? So this person's going to launch with a $75 product, $125 product, which people will pay for, but there's no there's now no competition at those price points. I love that. So that's the, the strategy behind this. And again, the, the theme that I keep hearing, I don't know about you guys. Russ and, and Eric, you, you've mentioned it just recently, is the value of somebody who's been there and done that, right? The value of a coach and paying that dumb tax up front that people think that they're spending, oh, man, I don't know how much coaching costs or I don't know how much, you know, this course may cost me. Well, I see it as an investment every single time from what you're saying. Um, so talk about for a second 
the the number you just mentioned two different price points within the same product line if you will talk about that skews process like what are you starting to think in terms of how do i how do i expand the business from maybe this one product that did really well what what kind of leads to to more and more after that well yeah so part of this is when we think we think brand and that's what you have to do. Most people go on Amazon and they think product. What product could I sell that's going to make me a million dollars? If you're thinking product, you are thinking totally the wrong way on Amazon. You've got to think brand. Of course, there are products in that brand, but let's just take, you know, let's take Coleman, right? I mean, what all does Coleman sell? They, you know, they sell tents, they sell sleeping bags, they sell lanterns, they sell coolers, they have everything. So they think brand. So when we try to build things out and encourage students to, to, to do this or looking at this, we're going, hey, what all could be could be put inside of this brand? And you could do it if you were a t-shirt company, right? You could do it pretty easily with different sizes and different color t-shirts. And you can get 50 SKUs just off of that. Or you can get 50 SKUs off of a blue sleeping bag, a green sleeping bag, a white cooler, a red cooler. But you don't think product, think brands. And that's why we always encourage people to launch with at least five products uh, within a brand. Because if you can launch five products that sell five a day of each of those products at $10 profit, you've got $100,000 profit uh, in, in a year. All right. I want to finish with profit, really detailing out the profit. You gave us a little snippet there. Also, at the beginning, you mentioned, hey, your 12-month goal was to to rocket ship this business and sell it, right? I, I imagine that someone just like me is wondering if this thing is a rocket ship and it's kicking off all this money and Daniel's making bets with uh, Walt Disney and Bezos every time he goes, uh, uh, you know, with, on a family trip, why would he get rid of it? So talk to me a little bit about how do I really make that profit, like dial that in a little tighter, and then the exit. Why the exit? What does that look like? And and why should I consider that if I were to start my own business or buy one? All right. This is a big one right here. Um, Because people always ask, how long for I start putting money in my pocket? And they always and I always get this question: Why would you sell this thing? And um, it's because honestly, I, I'm tired of chasing capital inventory, right? Like I, I the where I'm at and and what I chose to sell on Amazon, I literally would never run out of things to sell. Like I, I even have other product lines developed alongside of this. And at some point, you just have to pick a number. You know, I mean, my, my mentor, who all you guys know, you know, he just said, Daniel, at some point, you've got to pick a number. And you pick that number and you stick with that number and, and you go for it. Because at the end of the day, though, I could have this thing that goes for a really long time and I could just kind of coast on making stupid money for a boy from a, a one red light town in Alabama. There, There is something about having the... Um, the big high seven figure, low eight figure check that now allows me just to now, now I get to go do what I want to. Now I do get to go passive. I get to go purely passive. I get to invest in Mark Livingston's, Mario Livingston's uh, natural gas scrubbers and all of these other things and, and let Mark Podolsky go out and do a land flipping business for me and just do all these businesses to where 
I'm just controlling the money on high and where it's going. I'm still making the money, the same money, but now I'm doing it with a big cash pile and I'm not having to chase money anymore. And so that's why I would sell because now I can go spawn off other businesses. Now, I will say I already have the whole next brand in line coming up behind this. So uh, I'm, a, I'm only selling one to fund all the future ones. Um, but, uh, I, I was wondering, right, Joey, I was wondering, like, you know, as entrepreneurs, you and I are always chasing the next idea. And I was thinking, well, you know, hey, that is amazing that Daniel could start a business, have so much success and be like, I'm cashing out. I've seen that happen in casinos. You've seen the person roll up to the craps table, put down money, roll for 30 minutes, roll for an hour, cash out, walk out the door, just tickle pink. And then every one of the rest of us suckers are in there just losing whatever that we did win if we did win from the beginning. But I love it now, too, that you said, wait a second, I do have another eye. So it seems like that uh, entrepreneurial bug is contagious. Well, that hundred unicorns uh, carrot is just too big. Let's be honest. Oh, you think I mean, that's his next idea? You, it's just sitting there on the sidelines, just begging him. Just <laughs> here's the difference, though. Here's the difference, though, Russ. Once he has this big exit, now he can do that Amazon business because he he kind of wants to, and he maybe can spend that five or ten hours that he wants to. Now it's just something to play with. Yeah, and. Whereas right now he's really, he's focusing, he's building something, right? He's got a plan in place. And that's as much important as anything is he's got a plan and he's working his plan. He's got an exit goal. Congratulations, Daniel. Yeah. Good job. What was your, so how long have you been in the Amazon business? Not that your results are typical. Yeah. um, You know, I signed up to learn how to do this three years ago. Okay. Um, It's amazing. Yeah. Man, I, this has been so fun. I know that we've scratched the service, right? The, the point of this podcast was to give insight to you on one more idea of ways to build passive income. As a reminder, we're going through this series because we, on our passive income report in 2022, we reported on 11 different ways that we were attempting to build passive income. I say attempting because we never made any money in this space, but because Joey had a drop shipping company, it was on the list, but we wanted to give insight to a possibility of how you make money in the e-commerce world. So Daniel, thank you for coming on, man. Final thought for our audience today. Yeah, I would say this. If you're in a place where you have money and you want to do this, there are groups out there that will operate businesses for you for a pretty reasonable fee for for some of that. And so you could go to a place like Website Closers and uh, you can go on there. There's all kind of e-com businesses on there for sale. You could buy one of those and then you could actually pay someone, an operator to run this for four to $5,000 a month. Um, and they'll do a pretty good job of that. So that th- there is a purely passive play in this. Um, which we could explore on another conversation down the road if people really wanted to do that. Because I want to be, I want to get on for number four. Uh, I want to get on for number four for that, and number five for the big sell, right? To, to, to talk about the big check, I'll take my prices right check and <laughs> ship everybody. But uh, but yeah, th- th- so there is an option to do that if you're cash flush and you're willing to buy a business and you want somebody to run it for you. I um, 
I do know some opportunities there. Mm. Speaking of cash flush, Eric, final thoughts. Yeah. So um, a few years ago, for many years, I'm going to bring us down before I bring us back up. I I was suffering with a debilitating physical ailment, and um, it, it could have actually taken me out. That's as low as I'll get. But I think what I'm trying to say here is, is that I kept looking for the solution. Even though I was depressed, I was down, I was kicked. I never stopped. I determined I was going to find the solution to this problem, which I ultimately did. So there are people listening to this call right now who um, have got money. And so maybe this doesn't feel like it's just urgent. But I know that there are also people listening to this podcast who are struggling. They're being soul sucked in their W-2 job. They're not making ends meet. They may have tried a thing or two uh, to create that laptop lifestyle or passive income lifestyle. I would just encourage you, do not stop. Keep searching. There is the solution out there for you. The only time you're going to lose is if you stop. Keep pressing forward and keep searching. Very good. Love that. Stallion, final thought. Man, I'm going to say... This has been thrilling and exciting to hear from you, Daniel, yet again um, about this this vertical and the opportunity that's available to people. I, but I want to call everybody in to the the themes that we heard today. Is you need the right people, you need the right systems and processes, you need the right coaching to make any of these things successful. And just as Eric has alluded to, our right next thing process can help you get super clear. If you've been listening to these last few podcasts and you're like, man, all of these sound great and I can't do all of them, then the next thing for you to do is jump on a free call with one of these coaches. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call because through that process, they're going to walk you through that right next thing grid and you're going to be absolutely clear on which one of these is the best thing for you. Not because they're gonna tell you what's best for you. You're gonna figure it out by having that proper guidance. And uh, so anyways, go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call and make sure that you don't go way down the wrong path and then try to figure out from there. So thanks again, Daniel, for being with us. And uh, yeah, I just wanna call people to action. Love that. Well, my wife and I were having a conversation. She's been listening to this book, Titan, which is on um, J.D. Rockefeller. And she asked me, why is Amazon not a monopoly, right? That was a big thing. Obviously, U.S. government determined that Standard Oil was a monopoly and they broke it up. She said, why is Amazon not a monopoly? I mean, have they not really kind of monopolized all the <laughs> all buying? I said, well, really all Amazon is, is a big, huge marketplace. And she's like, like a mall. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. Right. And there, there sits Daniel and the potential for an Eric, the potential for a Joey and a potential for you to take and build a brand, not a product, a brand. I like that Daniel and put it on this online mall and, and they're going to help you market it and share it with everybody. So you can participate in this process that we're all already doing. We're already buying almost every single thing. I bought my first car online the other day. I mean, it, it started with little things. Now it's becoming big things. 
And there's no reason why we shouldn't take time to figure this out, figure out, do we have what it takes? Do we have the grit? Do we have the the time? And do we have the will to make it work? And there are options for you. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please take time to rate and review it. Share it with a friend. That's how we beat the big tech algorithm is when people start liking, rating, reviewing it, and other people can find it and keep going. So um, without that, we'll, we'll let you be. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.